For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Welcome listeners to the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, and I alternate the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro, and we are here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. I want to remind you to tune in next Sunday for Kevin's discussion on nutrition. Now, another reminder that Village Green is always your resource for questions about your health via their website and the store on Cedar Lane. They can give you expert advice on supplements, and they do carry a superior line of supplements from many manufacturers, including their own Pathway products. Now, today we're honored. Our guest is Patricia Fry, MD, a physician consultant with a focus on medical cannabis. And our subject is medical cannabis, nature's healing herb. I want to give you a little bit of background. Dr. Patricia Fry has an interesting background. She evaluates and manages patients who are considering the use of medicinal cannabis as a primary or adjunct therapy for illnesses such as chronic pain syndromes, neurodegenerative and movement disorders, gastrointestinal disease, seizures, autoimmune disease, insomnia, cancer, anorexia, anxiety, depression, autism, and mood disorders. Now, after graduating from the University of Maryland School of Medicine, where she earned her medical degree, Dr. Fry remained there and completed her pediatric residency. She then went to Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, where she continued her studies in the field of anesthesiology. There she gained experience in medical pain management and pain management procedures. Dr. Fry has furthered her education by means of extensive independent study and is knowledgeable in the areas of endogenous and exogenous cannabinoid physiology, the entourage effects of phytocannabinoids, (laughs) I'm tripping over that one, and terpenoids and their role in treating chronic and debilitating conditions. So I want to welcome you to the show, Dr. Fry. We're very interested in what you have to teach us. Oh, well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. So give us some background on why why did the cannabis plant get changed to marijuana in the 30s? Let's go way back and then come forward. All right. Well, that's interesting. There were a lot of things that happened. It was used as a medicine. It was on the U.S. pharmacopoeia from about 18, in the 1850s. And around the turn of the century, um, pills were starting to be manufactured. The uh, dosing was easier with things like aspirin and morphine. And so doctors weren't writing prescriptions as much for cannabis. 
Then we had some labeling issues because there were a lot of patent medicines that had opium and cocaine in them. They started to um, look at this industry because they were such a, a high addiction um, problem. Then we had the Depression, the repeal of the 19th Amendment where um, alcohol was no longer prohibited. So you had um, some political um, um, uh, incentive to find something else to kind of go after. So they went after um, cocaine, opium, opioids, and opium. And um, there was a, um, a, a rather anti-Mexican sentiment that um, began in the Southwest, had a lot to do with um, with uh, the depression and jobs. And more things change, the more they stay the same. Yes. And um, William Randolph Hearst was a, um, a new newspaper magnet who really had a very um, um, a, a big bias, big problem with Mexicans. He had lost a lot of uh, timberland in the, uh, to Pancho Villa during the Mexican War. So he was over there, didn't, you know, was able to, to, um, to uh, publish things that, that weren't true. You had the end of the um, prohibition, so you had federal agents who were looking for something else to go after. Um, marijuana smoking was associated with the Mexican population. And then you had um, the DuPonts who were coming out with um, nylon and synthetic products, you know, producing paint. And hemp was a big competitor. So there, it was sort of the perfect storm. And cannabis got caught up in that. And at the congressional hearing where they decided to put a, a, a tax on it, a stamp tax, and they never did produce the stamps, so oh, you really couldn't tax it, and then it really, you couldn't use it. But at the, um, the only person that stood up for cannabis and its potentialism is a medicine was the Legislative Council from the AMA, and they didn't even recognize the word marijuana. They said, what is this? What are you all talking about, this marijuana? And when, when, they, when they said, well, you know, we're talking about this, he said, well, most of the doctors around don't even know that this is, um, that this is um, up for discussion because they don't recognize the word. The plant is cannabis, and um, nobody knows what marijuana is. And so marijuana was kind of a, a Spanish slang name for, uh, for cannabis. And um, so it was, um, he was the only one who, who protested. It went, they went on and put the stamp tax on it. Then you couldn't get a stamp for it, so it just... Um, withered on the vine, and a little bit later, in the later in the forties, uh, Laguardia. So, what is this stuff that they're talking about? These uh, making people crazy and and um, causing people to be serial killers. And there was a lot of lot of um, racial innuendos and cultural innuendos um, associated with the use of of, of cannabis as a uh, recreational drug. Anyway, he had a, a commission look at it, and they came back and said it really is not a problem. There, it's you know a small population, maybe up in Harlem, of musicians that use it, but they don't cause any trouble. They're actually rather quiet, and it really should be decriminalized, and that was ignored. And then later in the 70s, when Nixon was um, um, on to war on drugs, and he um, uh, put together the Schaefer Commission, which consisted of lawyers and doctors and university presidents and um, scientists and uh, legislators. They all looked at 
at marijuana, and their conclusion was it's really not a problem. It really doesn't, you know, people who use it, yes, there's some who use it too much, but they, they don't really cause any problems. And their recommendation was to uh, legalize it, to decriminalize it, but it was ignored. The, uh, so twice we had two commissions say that this is not a problem. So cannabis was made illegal not based on any medical or scientific reason it was all sociopolitical very interesting and i'm i'm sure most people aren't aware of this elongated history and mm-hmm. it is indeed fascinating mm-hmm. um when we talk about the uh, cannabinoids in cannabis uh mm-hmm. break that down because i think this too is an issue that's important that it's just not one component there are many components. There are many. It, the, the plant consists of about four or 500 different compounds. And about, I would say about 80 or so of them are substances that are only found in the cannabis plant, and we call those cannabinoids. Then the plant is rich with other substances that are found throughout nature, um, terpenes and flavonoids, and all of these substances have medicinal benefits. The cannabinoid that most people are familiar with is THC, and THC is really the only um, major psychoactive component in the plant. The other major cannabinoid that we're starting to know more about and use more is cannabidiol, that is CBD. It is not psychoactive. And then there are other forms of um, these um, cannabinoids uh, that are found in the raw plant that are not found in the plant after it's heated. So we have THCA, we have CBDA, we have CBC, CBN. There are a lot of these cannabinoids, and they all do something a little differently. From a medical standpoint or what we're using now, um, really, we're really focused on the main CBD and THC, and they both have anti-inflammatory benefits. They're both pain-relieving. They are anti-spasmodic. They um, are mood-stable. The CBD is mood-stabilizing. THC is mood-elevating. CBD modulates the autoimmune system. It, um, it, they, they work together um, to benefit a lot of patients. And the beauty of using CBD and THC together is that you can um, use cannabis and not experience the psychoactivity. For some patients, they may need some psychoactivity depending on their condition. Um, THC um, it can be very pain-distracting, so if pain isn't alleviated totally, the patient is just is not bothered by it. But they a patient can use um, these different um, varieties of cannabis um, that vary in the concentrations of CBD and THC to best suit their particular problem. Well, th- this is fascinating, and I'm, I think that most people are not aware of not just THC and CBD, but the many other Uh, forms, the cannabinoids that you are talking about. I think it's fascinating that they do have different qualities. And it Uh seems to me that the research is expanding with regard to this, and we're going to talk more about it Uh in the next segment. And for those of you who have just tuned in with us, 
You're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, and we are brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Stay with us. We will be right back after this break with more interesting information from Dr. Patricia Fry. MegaFood Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm-fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of Fit Food, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of Fit Food contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, and MC. CTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, nor Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet committed to pure and great tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body and this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas visit Gero.com Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Are you under a lot of stress these days? Pressure from your job, personal life, politics? It can all take a serious toll on your health, but we can help. Village Green Apothecary can help you achieve a healthier lifestyle with our wide range of nutritional supplements, health-related books, and more. We've been providing customized nutrition and healthy living resources for over 50 years, and we'll take the time to advise you about your unique needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to the second segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. And this is a reminder that Village Green's nutrition advisors have a very new tool, and it's called the Natural Medicines Comprehensive Database, and it's considered the most authoritative resource available, providing unbiased scientific information on dietary supplements, on natural medicines, and on complementary alternative and integrative therapies. Very exciting what they're doing. Now, another reminder that we're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., and you can tune in next Sunday for Kevin's discussion on nutrition. Now, today, our guest is Dr. Patricia Fry. She's an MD, a physician consultant, with a focus on medical cannabis. And our subject is medical cannabis, nature's healing herb. 
Now, what I'd like to do is carry on the conversation. We talked about the background of cannabis. And let's go forward with more information. Dr. Fry, what do you think we should cover now? We did cover the basics of THC and CBD, but there are many other cannabinoids. Yes, there are a a lot more. Um, I would say that the other cannabinoids that we um, know a little bit more about are some of the acid forms. When the cannabinoids are in the raw plant, they are in an acid form, and so THC doesn't exist in the, in the plant until it's heated. It's THCA. And THCA has anticonvulsant properties. It has anti-tumor properties, as do the other cannabinoids. And it is also non-psychoactive. The CBDA that's found in the raw plant is a potent anti-inflammatory. And it's believed to have a, actually a little bit more anti-inflammatory action than even CBD and, and THC. And it works more like a what we call a coxin 2 inhibitor, but it doesn't have the cardiac or renal toxicity associated with some of the medications that we write prescriptions for. Um, CBD is an appetite suppressant as opposed to THC, as is THC. CV, which is also an appetite suppressant, and there's some research going on um, looking at THCV as a possible um, um, uh, means of, of treating obesity. So we have THCA, CBDA, CBD, and CBDA, THCV, and then we have CBN, and CBN is a, a byproduct of um, THCV. It's from. It's generally found in old cannabis, and it's um, very. It's very sedating, and so a lot of the varieties of cannabis that are good for insomnia, for helping people who have difficulty falling asleep or, or their sleep is interrupted, um, respond well to um, varieties that have THC and CBN. Um, that for for sleep disorders. Uh, cannabis is one of the best medications. There no, um, there's no waking up feeling groggy or druggy if you don't use too much, and it increases the amount of time the patient's in what we call a stage three slow-wave sleep, and that's a particularly restful sleep. That's useful for patients who, who wake up periodically during the night or who have nightmares because it decreases the amount of time you're in REM sleep, and it's very helpful for patients with PTSD. So those are the main cannabinoids. There are a ton more, but we don't have a lot of research on how they, how they act, but they, they all have some medical benefit. And the, and the beauty of cannabis is that the lethal dose of cannabis is so you would have to use so much that it's not possible. There are no, um, there's no risk of um, not breathing or of having cardiac arrest. The lethal dose for cannabis is um, they, they postulate that you, someone would have to sit and smoke 15 pounds of cannabis in 15 minutes, and so you're more likely to die from suffocation from all the carbon monoxide than from the actual plant itself. So it's safe for treating things like insomnia and anxiety and um, depression. But, uh, those cannabinoids, both THC and CBD, have antipsychotic 
um, properties. We used to think that, oh, that cannabis um, precipitated schizophrenia. We, da- we now know that's not true. We find that some patients who may be predisposed to psychotic symptoms self-medicate with cannabis, so you might see the incidence are, um, higher in cannabis smokers. But I have seen so many patients who have done very well using cannabis to treat psychotic symptoms from, let's say, schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder. So it, it's it's there really there, there are too many um, when people say, "Oh, it's a miracle drug," in, in a way, it is because it because our cannabinoid system, the, the system that we have in our body, is rich in receptors, and they're they're all throughout the body. But the beauty is, is that there are there are not that many receptors in the brainstem where um, where we control our respirations and and heart rate. So so it's so much safer than a lot of other medications that we use. Well, that's always interesting to me, the the safety range and the absurdity of what would be a lethal dose, mm-hmm. um, really not po- not possible to to achieve. Right. Uh, and it, it's interesting when you're treating patients, Dr. Fry, mm-hmm. and they have a variety of conditions because most of us who are clinicians we have patients that have many uh, overlapping problems. And how do you sort out uh, what type of uh, can, uh, what type of cannabis you're going to use, the mm-hmm. THC, CBD? And it's got to be a very um, complex knowledge base that you have in order to do this. Well, the, the the knowledge base may be complex, but the choices are limited. So that kind of narrows things down. Typically for um, patients, let's say, with chronic pain, um, and that could be neuropathic pain, inflammatory pain, um, post-operative pain, whatever is causing that pain, I like to start a patient with a ratio of CBD to THC of about one-to-one because that maximizes the pain relief. Um, and it also that CBD will mitigate the psychoactivity so, so patients can treat their pain during the day. Oftentimes, um, patients wait until the evening. They kind of suffer all day and wait for the evening because they can't medicate and be impaired. They have jobs. They need to drive. But using a one-to-one for pain works really well. Um, If a patient comes in and they have um, anxiety, then CBD is my choice. CBD is a very good anxiolytic. And so I might start, you know, recommend, and because I can't real, I can't control what patients use because I can't write a prescription because of the federal issue, but I can recommend to a patient to try something that's maybe a CBD to THC ratio of about 5 to 1 or 10 to 1 or even 20 to 1. Um, and that way they don't experience any, any psychoactivity, they're not mentally impaired, but that CBD um, will treat their anxiety. If they have depression, sometimes CBD can make a depression a little worse. So I'll I'll increase. I'll recommend that they at least have some CBD. I mean, some THC in there to for mood elevation. If their primary problem is insomnia, they don't really need CBD because CBD actually can be energizing. So they might use just a a 
THC predominant variety or or a variety that has some CBN in it um, at bedtime so that they can get a good night's sleep. Um, So it depends on what the problem is. Both CBD and THC are muscle relaxing. So patients with multiple sclerosis um, can use uh, a a CBD dominant strain. And if they have a lot of pain and that the CBD isn't really taking care of that, then I'll, I'll recommend that they just gradually add some THC to what they're using to see if that doesn't get um, alleviate their pain. Both of those cannabinoids are neuroprotective. So even if a patient isn't, isn't alleviating all of their symptoms, they're still getting a benefit from using cannabis because of its neuroprotection and it's a potent antioxidant. And um, I've often I've seen patients in California who really don't have a whole lot of issues, but they use very small doses of a CBD or CBD with THC on a daily basis, almost like a vitamin. Um, it it really does um, help modulate uh, fat metabolism, glucose metabolism, uh, as I said, the autoimmune system. So. The, we really don't have a lot um, of uh, ability to to really fine-tune it to the degree that I think it could be at some point. But I, for the most part, I recommend combining CBD and THC. Um, that way we can not have to deal with the mental impairment or the memory problems that can be associated with using a lot of THC and then adjust as needed. So CBD is good for neuropathic pain, and it's a great anti-inflammatory. THC is good for nociceptive pain, where there's an injury or there's a reason why there's pain. So sometimes using a little bit more THC is helpful for that. So patients with PTSD, the THC, the memory issues that are really a side effect for some people can be a benefit for patients with PTSD as it helps them to release um, themselves from painful um, memories and help them with sleep. Uh, so it's, it, it depends on, you know, it depends on the problem, but, but basically I look, that's how I approach it. With children, and I treat a fair number of, of pediatric patients with seizures, they generally have seizures, autism um, or extreme anxiety issues and they haven't responded to conventional pharmaceuticals, I will generally have them on a high CBD and I will use ratio, I will recommend ratios of like 15 to 1 to 20 to 1 CBD to THC because the CBD will will mitigate some of the neurodevelopmental issues that we're concerned about with THC. I, I, I don't use a lot of THC in children. Their brains are still developing, and THC can interfere with that. So um, I generally keep them on high CBD. If they don't respond to CBD either um, in, in controlling their seizures or, um, or say, for autistic children who um, have um, aggressive behavior, uh, and, and, or, um, and expressive language, language issues, sometimes I will um, try THCA. I'll recommend that they use THCA. Um, that has been helpful for some patients. And if that doesn't work, then we will 
at least for seizures and for aggressive behavior, will sometimes microdose, use teeny tiny doses of THC, and not enough to cause any mental impairment, but sometimes it's enough to help reduce the frequency of their and the severity of their seizures. Well, this is this is fascinating, and we are going to continue this conversation. Just a reminder: if you've just tuned in, folks, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We're brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. Our subject today is medical cannabis, nature's healing herb, and our guest is Dr. Patricia Fry. Please stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number 7, available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, listeners, to the third segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland. I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Passaro, and we try to bring you a lot of good information all about you and your health. And that's exactly what we're doing today. We always promise to 
to give you information that sometimes you can, it's a takeaway. You can find out more about what we've been talking about. And our guest today is Dr. Patricia Fry, an MD physician consultant with a focus on medical cannabis. And our subject is medical cannabis, nature's healing herb. And we were talking about the uses of the different uh, uh, cannabinoids and how they have different effects and can be used in combinations and in different ratios, very much like medications or supplements may be used as synergistic uh, or friendly antagonists. Uh, so this is, it's not a simple uh, matter of just have cannabis uh, use cannabis. So I did want Dr. Fry to talk to us a little bit about autism and the use of cannabis. We do talk about autism on the show. And as you uh, may know, I'm a co-author of two books on autism, the kid-friendly ADHD and autism cookbook, and also the nutritional supplement handbook for autism and ADHD. So, uh, Dr. Fry, can you expand our discussion on cannabis in the autism uh, spectrum? Well, yes, as we know in autistic spectrum that we see profound um, deficits in communication and in social uh, interactions. We have a lot of GI problems. We have sleep problems. And um, there, there are a lot of stereotypic behaviors that um, seem to... Um, to reflect some abnormal um, endocannabinoid signaling and neuroinflammation as, as has been studied. There have been a few studies looking at that. But one thing that we have, um, the other thing is that with a lot of autistic um, patients, there's a much higher incidence of seizure disorder than in the general population. And so uh, some of these autistic patients, we started um, using can, um, CBD or sometimes THCA or, or microdosing with THC to help them with their seizures. And, and lo and behold, we noticed that their aggressive behavior was um, not as uh, big a problem that there was improvement in, in expressive language. And um, there have been uh, a couple of studies that, um, that look at the abnormal endocannabinoid signaling, and it, so, and it makes sense that, these, that a lot of these symptoms improve with cannabis. Um, some of the aggressive behavior, um, as I see patients are getting bigger and stronger, a lot of the pharmaceuticals they're on um, slow down their metabolism, so they gain weight, and, and, and when they get frustrated or anxious, they may lash out. And uh, we've seen so much improvement in behavior for a lot of kids um, using uh, just even just CBD. The... Um, and that's thought to be because of the neuroinflammation, that CBD is such a good um, anti-inflammatory. And then with abnormal endocannabinoid signaling, as you use CBD, CBD increases the level of some of the endocannabinoids in our system that are used to modulate. And, and the, the area of the brain that is um, really rich with cannabinoid receptors is the basal ganglia. And that, that's where we have a lot of emotion and anxiety and memory and all of these um, issues. So it, it, it makes sense. And so we see improvement in the um, aggressive behavior. We see increased expressive language. Um, 
and we also see a decrease in the frequency and the severity of seizures with the autistic children who do have seizure disorders. That's fascinating, and I think it's interesting, and the research seems to be increasing Mm -hmm. in this particular area. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about how, what are the various ways that people can take the cannabis. Uh, okay. I know there's, it's a variety, so I'll let you explain that. All right. If people are most familiar with inhalation, that's one way of using cannabis, and that can be either by smoking or by vaporizing. The advantage of um, inhalation is that it is in your system quickly. So a patient who has severe pain or who has a prodrome where they can, they know they're about to get a migraine or they could feel a seizure, um, that they're about to get a seizure, that's a good way of getting the um, medication into the system rapidly. The drawback of inhalation is one, it's a mechanical irritation to the airways, so it can produce a cough or people can have increased sputum production. But even smoking cannabis does not increase your risk of lung cancer or COPD the same way um, um, uh, nicotine um, is a, is a pro- it, it, it doesn't have the same um, chemicals as nicotine or as tobacco, rather, so you don't have an increased risk of developing those illnesses, but burning does produce um, um, products of combustion, and those can be carcinogenic. So I typically don't recommend um, uh, smoking cannabis. Um, some people do it just as a matter of preference. Um, I like tinctures. Oh, and the other problem with inhalation is that it doesn't last very long. It's quick in, quick out. So it'll, it'll start working right away, but typically the effects only last two to three hours. So if you're out and about, you would have to, you know, redose throughout the day. Tinctures are extracts where the cannabinoids are extracted in either an oil, glycerin, or alcohol base, and these are um, dosed under the tongue. If it's an alcohol base, it's too harsh to go directly under the tongue. It can be put in the mouth and just kind of dilute it with some saliva. Then it can go under the tongue, and the medicine is absorbed directly into the bloodstream through the small capillaries in the um, oral mucosa, and and the area under the tongue is rich with capillaries. It takes a little bit longer for it to start working, but the beauty is is that it lasts a lot longer. So typically you can get five to eight hours of um, uh, benefit from using sublingual tinctures. Edibles are something that I don't promote a lot unless it's for insomnia or for severe pain that doesn't respond to other modes of delivery. I don't like edibles because the absorption is very unpredictable and it's very easy for patients, especially patients who don't have cannabis experience, to, to take too much, and then it can make you sick. Um, in Ayurveda, they say that cannabis heals and it poisons. Well, the poison is if you take too much, you can have all of the, the symptoms that it would treat at a lower dose. So if you take too much, it can cause anxiety, paranoia, um, nausea, vomiting. Um, It won't kill you, but it can be a rough ride until it wears off. So I I tend to stay away from edibles unless it's an experienced cannabis patient um, and there's some reason why I think that the edible would – because 
using the edible, it, it has to pass through the liver. And the delta-9 THC is converted to an 11-hydroxy THC, which, one, it has a little more psychoactivity, but it does, have, it does increase the pain benefits. So some severe pain patients, an edible, I think, is appropriate. And because it lasts longer, it lasts even longer than a tincture. For a patient who is using a tincture but is still not getting more than four or five hours of sleep, you know, not without waking up, then I would recommend a lozenge or a chocolate um, because they could get a good eight to ten hours of, um, of uh, benefit from that. Topicals are wonderful. Topicals are um, typically salves that have um, a full spectrum of the cannabinoids. Um, it can be applied to the joints. They re- um, it will relieve arthritic pain and swelling. It is, I've used it for patients with um, allodynia, which where, where the the nerve fibers in the um, spinal cord have flip flopped, and they they the the fibers that um, that where you touch a patient, you should uh, when you touch a person, it shouldn't hurt. But in some patients, these fibers are in the wrong place in the spinal cord, and so just touching or the or clothing can cause extreme pain. And the salves, the topicals, and creams work really well for that. They help with fibromyalgia. They help with uh, neck pain and and with neur- neuropathic pain from diabetes or from peripheral neuropathy from chemotherapy therapy or um, radiation. Um, there are transdermal patches which um, drive the medicine into um, deeper layers so that it can get to the bloodstream. The topicals don't do that. They only um, The medicine penetrates a couple of layers of the skin, but there's so many cannabinoid receptors there that it does the job. But if, let's say, you're treating something where you need that um, cannabis and that, those cannabinoids in the bloodstream, then you need a, you need a transdermal patch which will drive it into um, deeper layers. Um, there are suppositories, vaginal and rectal suppositories. They tend to be very helpful for pelvic pain um, or for patients who have difficulty with swallowing and they may not have a, um, a G-tube or something where the, the, the medicine can go directly into the stomach. Capsules are available. A lot of my inflammatory bowel patients seem to prefer capsules, and I believe it's because the, the medicine is delivered to where the problem is. Um, it's really good for inflammatory bowel um, patients because it, um, CBD in particular is, uh, it tends to be even more, uh, a more beneficial anti-inflammatory in the GI tract. It, it, it um, releases it because it's antispasmodic. It helps with spasms. It regulates GI motility, so it can decrease output in patients who have a lot of diarrhea, but it can also speed up output in patients who are constipated. Um, it, it is good for treating visceral pain, which is abdominal pain, and uh, so those capsules work well because they are there in those um, where where it's needed. Now, just a, just 
to point out that a lot of patients with inflammatory bowel disease will will experience a lot of symptom relief from using cannabis, but it doesn't always translate into um, uh, a normal colonoscopy, let's say. I have seen patients where they have done very well and they're, um, you know, they're, the, the inflammation and ulceration in the colon and their intestinal tract has improved dramatically. And then there are others who continue to have inflammatory lesions, but they feel better. They don't have the pain. They don't have the diarrhea. And they, they you know, it's just a better quality of life for them. But they still have to be watched carefully by their gastroenterologist. Well, that's, that's a given. And yeah. uh, thank you for describing the various ways that people can take cannabis. And we'll continue this discussion in our final segment. If you've just joined us, you're with the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM, brought to you by Village Green Apothecary. I'm Dana Lake, your host for the hour, and we will be right back after this break. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. Mega Food believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. Mega Food, from farm to tablet. Our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Bridging the gap between nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals. That's the concept behind Zymogen's new exclusive and patented line of formulations, which utilize sophisticated delivery technologies to focus on specific molecular targets. The Zymogen EP line features Immunitix 3.6, a potent ingredient that has demonstrated a measurable ability to prime and enhance immune cell function. Applications include immune system support and support for white blood cell recovery following radiation therapy and other bone marrow affecting treatments. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. Did you get enough lutein today to support eye health? Most Americans consume only 2 milligrams per day, yet populations with good eye health often consume 6 to 20 milligrams to protect the macula of the eye against oxidative stress and aging. Vision Optimizer from Gero Formula supplies lutein, zeaxanthin, and 13 other vitamins, phytonutrients, and herbs that support eye health and function, reduce eye fatigue, and promote eye comfort. For more information, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green Apothecary. Do you have unique needs that a mass market pharmacy can't meet? Village Green Apothecary can help. Maybe your doctor prescribed a special compounded formula or you have concerns about allergies or dietary supplements. Our expert team includes pharmacists, nutritionists, clinical herbalists, and naturopaths who can offer you advice on nutritional products and personalized healthy living plans. We also offer specialized lab and micronutrient testing to our customers. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane. Call us at 301-530- 
800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, listeners, to today's final segment of The Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. We are brought to you by Village Green Apothecary at 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda. And I'm Dana Lake, alternating the show with Dr. Kevin Pissarro. We're here every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., so please tune in next Sunday for Kevin's discussion on nutrition. Now, today we've been having an interesting discussion on medical cannabis, nature's healing herb, and our guest is Dr. Patricia Fry, MD, and she's a physician consultant with a focus on medical cannabis. And we have learned a lot about uh, cannabinoids and what they do, the different types. There are 400 to 500 different components within cannabis, and we discussed those that are uh, most commonly used in treatment. And Dr. Fry, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about treatment and particularly the subject of opioid addiction and the role of cannabis in treating opioid addiction. Let's start off with that. All right. Well, most, uh, mostly we use opiates to treat um, chronic pain, which we shouldn't. Uh, opioids really are, are best suited for pain that needs to be treated for just a couple of weeks. After using opiates for a long time, it can actually con- they can actually contribute to pain. So cannabis um, works well hand-in-hand with opiates, um, and most um, patients who use cannabis uh, along with their opiates, will find that they don't need as high a dose as they have been using. Um, cannabis potentiates the pain-relieving effect of the opiate without increasing the risk of respiratory depression. And typically, the dose can be reduced by 60 to 75%, just right off the bat. And um, because cannabis um, treats um, all sorts of uh, pain and muscle spasm and anxiety and depression, most of the medications that chronic pain patients are taking can be slowly weaned. Cannabis also helps with opioid withdrawal symptoms, and it is a um, it's used oftentimes for patients who are um, withdrawing from opiate addiction. And, and the addiction is through no fault of the patient. You know, we as, as physicians, we write these prescriptions, and and then when the when the opiate isn't working well, we add more opiate or a different type of opiate. And before before you know it, the patient has an addiction problem just from trying to treat their pain. So cannabis will lower the the dose of you. The patient can get just as um, much, if not more, pain relief by adding cannabis to their their regimen. They can lower the doses of the opiates and gradually come off of the opiates and feel better and not suffer as much from the, um, the opiate withdrawal symptoms as they would if they were not using cannabis in conjunction with the decrease in, in dosage. So it's been very effective in, in helping patients um, with opiate um, addiction issues. Well, thank you for clarifying that. That is extremely important. I also had a question about synthetic cannabis, such as Marinol. Mm-hmm. How does that compare? It doesn't. 
I tell my and I use I use quite a bit of Marinol for my um, chronic pain patients in Maryland because we don't have dispensaries available yet, and I will combine a hemp derived CBD oil with Marinol. Marinol is THC all by itself. It's the same molecule that's in the plant, but it's all by itself. I tell patients it's the difference between the carrot sitting on the plate that's just been pulled out of the earth. It's still a little dirty. You know, it's there. It has all the fiber and the nutrients of the carrot that's in the carrot ginger soup. But the carrot ginger soup, it has a little salt and pepper and maybe a little ginger, a little chicken broth or or cream or something, but it it's just more flavorful and it's more enjoyable. And so that's the difference between Marinol and the THC that's in the plant. The THC in the plant is modified, its its effects are modified by the by the other cannabinoids and the terpenes and flavonoids that are in the plant. But I've used it um, with CBD oil, and it has been fairly effective. It can have more of a dysphoria um, as opposed to a euphoria, and that's why it's a Schedule Three, and I can write a prescription for THC, and you can go to CVS or whatever. Um, maybe I shouldn't mention the name of a drugstore, but, but you could go to any pharmacy and get um, a prescription for synthetic THC, but you can't get it. THC from the plant unless you go to a dispensary. But it's the same molecule. It, it, it does, is it as good as, as the THC from the, from the plant? I don't think so because it's all by itself With, where we have this entourage effect from the plant where all of these cannabinoids, terpenes, and flavonoids work together to give you a better effect than any one component by itself. And that's the drawback with trying to extract one component of the plant without bringing the rest of the um, compounds with it because they work together. But I have used it for not, it's, it's, um, it really is off an off label use for treating pain, but it's been very, I've had a lot of success with it, a lot of success. But the lab, the, the, the approved use of uh, dronabinol is for um, nausea and vomiting associated with chemotherapy or for wasting syndrome and anorexia associated with HIV AIDS, but I use it for, for pain as well. Well, that's fascinating. Um, let's talk about the availability, particularly in the Washington metropolitan area, mm -hmm. uh, the availability for physicians to prescribe uh, and and the availability for patients to obtain what they need from mm -hmm. the uh, of the cannabis cannabinoids. Okay, well, you cannot write a prescription for it. Um, it's still uh, at a federal level. It's still illegal. But the district and both the district and Maryland have programs. D.C.'s program has been in place for maybe four or five years. Um, if your doctor is registered with the Department of Health, they can write a recommendation for you, and then you apply to the um, Department of Health for a cannabis card. And once you have that card, you can go to the to one of five dispensaries in the district. In Maryland, Maryland's going to have a really good program. When it's been a long time coming, but we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. It's a little bit different. With Maryland, you have to go on to the Maryland. Um, uh, it's the Maryland Medical Cannabis Commission 
website and you register as a patient first. You just register with the commission. They're just basically giving you a number saying that, yes, you live in Maryland. And then you take that number, you make an appointment with a doctor who does um, do evaluations and recommendations for Maryland. And um, you take that number to the doc, you make an appointment with your doc, with the doctor. If, you're, if your own doctor do, is registered, that's the best place to start. A lot of doctors can't do them because, It's not that they would not, but sometimes they work for, um, you know, companies that they just have a policy. They just are are concerned about the federal issue. And so so if your doctor won't do it or can't do it, then you you go to a a doctor like what I do, and um, and you you bring your medical records and and you bring the the registration number, and then I can go over um, what qualifies and and do your um, your your certification with Maryland. The, we we anticipate right now with Maryland patients. I've been as I said, I've been managing with what I what I can use, um, and I. And just to transition those patients when the dispensaries open, and we're anticipating definitely before the end of the year, and and possibly sometime in mid-November, we may actually have um, some dispensaries open with um, cannabis, uh, medical cannabis, and and I and I also want to stress the import the the importance of of using the dispensary medicine. Cannabis is a great medicine, but the plant is it. The way it's grown, uh, when you buy cannabis in the neighborhood, a lot of those plants are, are laden with pesticides. They could have mold. Um, they could have uh, contaminants that you are ingesting or inhaling, whereas with the medical cannabis, you can be assured that they have um, grown these plants uh, under the um, proper conditions. They've been tested for heavy metals, for solvents, for um, mold, bacteria, uh, toxins, and most importantly, pesticides. That's important. Uh, that I was going to ask that question, and and you answered it. I'm certain that our listeners wanted to know more about that. Mm-hmm. And I wish we could go on and on with this subject. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the show and educating us. This was. Uh, very important, and I hope we can have you back in the future. I would love to come back. I am so sure more. you. <laughs> I am sure you have more to discuss. So uh, I want to thank you, Dr. Patricia Fry. Thank you. And I want to thank you, listeners, for joining us here on the Essentials of Healthy Living on 1500 AM. This is a reminder that you can access this show or any of the previous shows through myvillagegreen.com. And I want to remind you about Dr. Joseph Pizzorno's book, The Toxin Solution, How Hidden Poisons in the Air, Water, Food, and Products We Use Are Destroying Our Health and What We Can Do to Fix It. This is an excellent book and by an expert uh, who we've actually had on the show. So it's also endorsed from many leading health experts such as Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. James Gordon, Dr. Jeffrey Bland, Dr. David Perlmutter, Dr. David Michael Murray, and J.J. Virgin, and more. And you have heard these experts 
uh, discuss their particular interests and subjects. And as our lives move forward, I am reminded that every day is a new day and every minute a new minute, giving us many opportunities to make positive health-enhancing choices. And please remember, it's not the number of breaths you take. It's the moments that take your breath away. This is Dana Lake and Village Green wishing each and every one of you good health and a breathtaking day. Ah, the joy of commuting in Washington. Whether you work on the hill or outside the beltway, you know how stressful it is to get around. Stress can take a serious toll on your health, and Village Green Apothecary can help. We offer over 10,000 healthy living products, including top-quality nutritional supplements, herbal remedies, and more. Our nutritionists and pharmacists offer a personalized approach to help you with your health needs. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.